Hello again, everybody. Today we are going to be discussing sermon title, A Living Hope and a Sure Salvation. Um, this is a topic that is much needed today, much necessary in the times that we're in. And, and let me explain to you why. Um, years ago, I used to teach for the Red Cross. Uh, actually, I, I still volunteer from time to time, although I haven't done it here in Tally. But I um, used to teach for the Red Cross, CPR, first aid, all of those different classes, right? And one of the things that we used to teach when it came to um, first aid was shock. I don't know if you're familiar with shock. I don't know if you know what shock is. But here, here's what shock is, you know. Uh, first of all, the effects of shock is when you are into shock, your brain stops sending oxygen to certain parts of the body. Um, when you have shock, you have alternates in consciousness. Dilatation of the pupils, slow of rapid breathing, slow of happy, rapid pulse, pale ashen skin, there's heavy sweating. You have all of these things as a result of shock. Now, when does shock occur? It occurs typically three ways. Injury to yourself, injury to a loved one, or you yourself injure someone. So if right now I'm here and something falls down, cuts my hand, <gasps> I could go into shock. Oh, no. Am I going to be okay? What is happening? Ah. My children are back there. Something falls off, cuts them off. Oh, no. My children. Are they going to be okay? What happened? Ah. I'm driving a car like a Floridian because I've been here long enough, and I run over somebody. Oh, no. Are they going to be okay? What happened? What did I do? Ah. So typically, shock occurs when you injure yourself, injury to a loved one, or you yourself injure someone. And as a result, your brain gets all messed up. Your consciousness is like, ah, what? What's happening? Where am I? What's going on? Stop sending oxygen to certain parts of the body. You want the person laying down, maybe legs up a little bit. Get some more blood to, to the other vital organs. But there's all of these things. And just because somebody's super hyper or super slow, they both can be in shock. So, you know, it's either slow or rapid. But anyhow, here's how you treat it. First thing you do, you lay them down, legs up, but then you have to talk to them. You have to calm them down. You have to let them know, sir, you're going to be okay. Your arm is going to be fine. Help is on the way. Everything is going to be okay. Sir, your son is going to be okay. The arm is going to be fine. Help is on the way. Everything is going to be okay. Sir, the person that you ran over, then you panic, put it in reverse instead of park and ran over again. They're going to be okay. Help is on the way. Everything is going to be just fine. And so that's typically, you talk to them, you calm them down, you assure them that something is coming. And so, you know, just the other day I was here, we talked about the earthquakes and the fires and everything that is happening. From there, suddenly, there, there's bombings and, and, and uh, planes crashing again. And there's diseases that are just running, killing people. And it's running so much that you have an entire country on lockdown. And the U.S. is pulling their people from China because of this lethal virus that is speeding and how it is spreading. When you look at that, just from last week to this week, how ugly it's gotten, now more than ever again, we need a living hope. And I'll give you a hint, it's Jesus. And we need a sure salvation, but we need to look forward towards the salvation that Christ gives us with hope. Now more than ever, we need to see that and experience that because when we look out there, the world seems hopeless. 
Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, we ask that you be with us right now as we're about to open your scriptures. Lord, now more than ever, we are in an emotional shock. We are on a spiritual shock. People doubt, how long, how long, where is God? And some of them even question. But Lord, thank you for your son, Christ Jesus. And Lord, now that we're about to open the scriptures, I ask that it be you speaking and not I. And again, pour out your spirit upon not only myself and anointing my lips, but also upon all of us here so that we can understand your message. As we open your words, that your word may speak to us. Bless us and keep us. It is my prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let everyone here say amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to go just yet, but we're going to take a look at the book of Peter. We're going to look at 1 Peter and 2 Peter. We're going to be doing that for the next, like, two months, I think it is. I think it's like five chapters in one or like three in the other or something like that. So we're going to be looking at, for the next couple of months, we're going to look at Peter. But before we look at Peter for the whole living hope and sure salvation, I want to give you a little bit of a brief background on Peter in case you're not familiar with Peter. If you are, this is review. But if you're not, this is fine. Let me tell you what happens before we go to the text that we're going to look at in Matthew 16. Don't put it on the screen just yet, but here it is, right? You have Peter with the disciples. Jesus is there, and he asked the question. He asked the question, who do people say I am? And, you know, Jesus, they all say, well, someone say you're this one, and you're the other one, and you're this and that. Okay, now who do you say that I am? And then Peter Answer, Matthew 16, 16 through 17. He says the following. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen? Right? Amen. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. They're having a conversation here in chapter 16. And here you have Peter who was a, a you know, dumb, hard-headed, stubborn fisherman. You know, he's there. He's with the disciples. And when he says, you are the Christ, he says, you know what? Jesus said to him, this is not out of flesh and blood. My father has revealed this to you. My father is speaking through. You are prophesying right now. You are speaking on behalf of God. And the Lord revealed that to you. And you have spoken words from on high. Good? Good? Okay. Now, Peter... Uh, uh, you know, is there and everything is all right. And Jesus starts telling them how, well, even though I'm the Christ, let me tell you what's going to happen. And starts telling them again, this is not the first time, that he is going to die. And Peter gets all upset. And he's like, no, there's no way that that's going to happen. Uh-uh, there's no way that that's going to happen. And look what Jesus said to him in the very same chapter, verse 23. Matthew 16, 23 says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of man. Here is Peter, who in one minute is God who revealed it to you, and in another minute Jesus is saying, Get behind me, Satan. How do you go from speaking on behalf of God and speaking on the behalf of the devil within a few verses? One may say, how do you come to church and say, Jesus and glory, hallelujah, then you walk out there and five minutes later, you're not quite speaking on behalf of God or behaving like a child of God. Come on now. You can't say amen. Say ouch. This is Peter. 
This is a little bit of his background. I'll, I'll give you another one. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. This is uh, uh, verse 31. It says the following. Then Jesus said to him, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. 33. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Verse 34, Jesus said to him, I surely I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, this very night, I just told you about it. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me how many times, church? Three times. Verse 35, Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so, and, and so said all the disciples. A few verses later in the same chapter. Here's Peter after denying Jesus a couple of times. Here's the third time. This is uh, Matthew 26, verse 74. And it says the following. Then he, this is Peter now, began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crow. Verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who has said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. This is Peter. He has known what it is to be on a spiritual high and on a spiritual low. He has known what it is to have God reveal to him who Christ is and have the devil feeding to the human insecurities where, no, this cannot be. Get thee behind me, Satan. He has known what it is to brag and be proud and say, oh, I never, oh, I never. And then, pow, he falls flat on his face. I don't need you to say that here, but I want you to think about it. Have you ever say, I never, never, ever, ever, and then that's the first thing you do a little bit later? Where you have a real humbling experience, a reality check? You know, no, not me. Ooh, uh. You know, it can happen to any of us unless we are walking with Christ wholeheartedly, unless we're with him continually. But let me tell you something else about Peter. Even though Peter had his failures throughout the scriptures, we see his struggles, we see his challenges. We also see something amazing. This is probably the very last failure that he had. And I'm saying probably because there was another one for Peter when he um, was having issues with people who were not Jewish. You ever had that? You know, where people who are not the same gender as you or the same race as you or in the same social class as you, where you kind of struggle with them a little bit, you call them filth and unclean and so forth. And Jesus is saying, look, I came to die for everybody. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tall, the short, the whatever. All of them. But Peter had his issues and the Lord had to taught him another lesson. But, 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 but probably the biggest failure was that denial right there when he realized that if you read later on, you see that Peter and Jesus sort of locked eyes at one point after the denial. How that must have felt when that occurred for Peter. That you remember exactly what took place. But look also what happened with Peter. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Remember there was a guy who couldn't walk begging for money. Hey, I don't have any money, but what I do have now I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. This is also the same Peter. 
the same Peter, that when I read the Bible and Jesus says to his disciples, greater things than this you will do, I see Peter already do that. Remember the lady that had flood, uh, blood flow issue? That she says, if I could just touch the garment of Jesus, I will be healed. She was healed. And then in the very chapter, uh, verse 56 or something like that in, in Mark, you see it where um, other people were coming just to touch the garment of Jesus. However, for Peter, they did not even need to touch his garment. Look at Acts 5.15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of whom? Peter, passing by, my fall on some of them. Isn't it beautiful to see that a dumb, hard-headed, stubborn, fall flat on your face, ate your words up a whole bunch of times, get thee behind me, Satan, Peter, had the opportunity to be really led by God and do the work of God. Listen, I love to preach about grace and love. Because after all, his grace is sufficient. I, I really do that. But there are things that we need to do on our part as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But I want to give you a quick background. And I'll give you more insight on Peter later in the future messages. But I wanted to give you that as we read now 1 Peter chapter 1, the very first chapter, to understand this message of a living hope and a sure salvation beginning on verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning on verse 2. Some other time I'll give you more background, but I want you to get a feel for who is the Peter that is writing to us right now. Who is the Peter that wrote this years ago? Who is the Peter that is inspired by God putting these words in the holy sacred scriptures? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him, and you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and what? And peace. Understand this. Understand this. Here you have it. This is just the very first verse, verse 2 that we're reading. It says the following. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, what do you do? You have what? You have obeyed him. As a result, you have obeyed him. Many of us who try to obey God without letting him work in our lives, all we're doing is going through the, through the motions. So many of us are looking to do this righteousness by works. Don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And we're trying to have a checklist of do's and don'ts, but we're not allowing Christ to transform us in the heart. This is why you have people that come to church, yeah, maybe not this one, who, who seem like Christians on, on, on the way that the things that they do or don't do, but their character and, and their anger and their backbiting and their gossiping is just atrocious. God forbid you cross them. Where in one minute they're praising God. And I don't know, man, you have to say, get there behind me, Satan. Because something, I see it. Why? Because notice the flow. Who has made you holy, as a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May, may God give you more and more grace and peace. Verse 3. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Verse 4, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last days for all to see. Listen, here it is. There's a price. There's in heaven. There's a salvation. There's a gift. Christ says, hey, I'm going to go so that where I am, you may be also. I'm going to prepare this thing for you, right? Are you familiar with that? It is there, but for right now, that's being reserved for you. It is untouched. It is waiting for you. It will be there. Here you are, and the Lord is preserving you and protecting you and carrying you through unto that great day. Are we good? Now, let me tell you what is happening here. Last May, June, something like that, Patrick and I went to do a 100-mile ultra race, right? And so when we were running, you had a 7-mile loop, and then you come back to your tent where your drinks and stuff are, and then you had a 20-mile loop. In the 7-mile loop, I drank more than in the 20 because in the 20, I had to sort of reserve it because I had a long run before I could come back and fully refill, right? So, it's, so when you have that, that, that treasure waiting for you there, you do things a little bit different. I know when to preserve. I know when to drink. I know what to do. Here what he's telling you is reminding you, first of all, God makes you holy. As a result, you obey him. He has a treasure for you that no one can touch. He's protecting you right now unto that day. And then he continues on the very next verse, verse 6. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to what? Endure many trials for a little while. So I'm telling you know right now, I'm letting you know, there's going to be something there, all right? But you have to endure. So be glad. There's going to be good things ahead. But endure. Endure because there's going to be little trials even for a little bit. Verse 7. These trials will show that your faith is what? Absolutely. If you're responding to the chaos in the world, the rest, like the rest of the world who have no hope, that says more about you than about the world that we're in. Are we good? It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. This is very key. On that day, don't think you're going to get all of the praise and glory. Now, many of us Christians, we're seeking praise here, and that's not necessarily always the case. That is a dangerous line that you're looking for. So understand that as well, but look at the trials. It is testing you. It is coming. Why does the Bible let us know over and over that bad things are going to come? Why do you think that, that it does that? It wants you to not be surprised, but to be ready and to be prepared, to expect it, to understand it. Years ago, I was taking a martial arts test, and please don't send me emails about how martial arts is evil. This was back in the day and 80 pounds ago, you know. But anyhow, I was taking a martial arts test, and for the test, they had me blindfolded, and they had me uh, in a way where I knew, they said to me, listen, you're going to be blindfolded, here's a map, you're going to have to make it from point A to point B, and then once you make it to point B, you're going to have at least 20 other black belts attack you, and you're going to have to defend yourself. So here's the thing, because I was in preparation for that, first of all, 
I got my behind kicked. But anyways, because I was in preparation for that, at least the hits were expected but not expected. You know, you're minding your own business. I knew that was coming, sort of, in a way. You kind of knew it was coming. It still hurt. It still got me in a place where it's like, you know, swing it like, no, get out of here. What are you doing, you know? But, but why? Because, but, but, I, but I knew it was expected. It wasn't a big shock. It was a shock, but it wasn't a shock. Does that make sense? I was trained. I was prepared. I was listening for it. And even though it kind of caught me off guard, I knew they told me what was going to happen. Yes, of course, you're going to have 20 guys go at you. That, I mean, that's, yeah, I expected that. Here's the thing. I look at the news, and, and it can be scary. But the Bible has been telling you over and over, expect it, endure, stand strong. There's victory that's coming. There's a prize waiting for you. Please live your life with a heaven's mentality. Don't let your anger, your character, or the chaos around you take your mindset away from the goal. This is why we have a living hope in Christ Jesus. And so this is why Peter said, look, it's going to get ugly, but know that on that day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world, know that that day you will get the praise and the glory and people will bow and they will be singing. You will receive clothes. You will be transformed. There's all these things that are going to happen, all these beautiful things that are going to take place. Verse 8. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. Verse 9, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. So, you know, we live in a world where it's hard to trust anybody. People are betraying us left and right. Our own family members, our best friends that we grew up with, you know, our own church family, come on now. And so to trust in God, the only one that we should trust on, the only ones whose promises and whose words we should rely on, we're down on him every step of the way. Every step of the way. The reward for trusting him will be salvation of your souls. Verse 10. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. Verse 11. They wonder what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. Because remember, the, the death of Christ, the resurrection and so forth, the sacrifices, his coming, all of those things. The Messiah was predicted. We were looking forward towards the appearing of the Son of God since the Garden of Eden. And they were wondering these things. And that's what he's saying. They never got to see it. They never got to fully understand it. I mean, they kind of did, but they were looking forward. They were wondering when, how, and what. But you live in a time where you get a chance to see that. That's the idea. So look what he says. Verse 12. They were told that their messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached it in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is, also, it is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Verse 13, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Isn't that wonderful? But now look at verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. 
Verse 15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, verse 16, you must be holy because I am holy. I want you to understand something. Many people, okay, let, let me just back to your example. Let's pretend you're doing a job interview, right? Um, there are things that you do for the job interview. You dress up a certain way, you do whatever, but there are things that you don't do to get the job interview. In other words, if I'm going to go get hired in McDonald's, I'm not just going to go back there and start flipping burgers in the kitchen. I, I got to have the interview first. I'm not, I don't even work there. I shouldn't go start operating heavy machinery if I haven't got hired by the factory here, right? So, so here's the whole thing. Many people confuse the job interview with having the job. Many people start doing the work without the job, and some people get the job and they're still trying to get hired. Here's the whole thing. Salvation is a gift. It is yours and there's nothing that you can do to earn it other than accept it from Christ and accept his gift. However, now that you are saved, start acting like it. You have been made holy, therefore as a result, this is what you do. Therefore, you must be holy. doesn't say try holy, attempt holy. God is not finished with me yet, almost holy. It is be holy. Stop trying to earn your way into heaven and start living like a child of the king. Stop trying to earn favor with God and live like you already have the inheritance. When you do that, things will be different. Now get in the kitchen. I don't want you in a suit and tie for an interview. If you already hired, get back there and start flipping. The problem is, the problem is that some of us behave more like customers. You want to pay other people to flip your burgers and you refuse to flip them yourself. Come on now. Can't say amen. Say ouch. Verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherit from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. Verse 19. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Listen, if you got nothing from the message today, we got one more text to look at in a moment. It's a repeat from what we just read. It is this. The world is ugly. Things are going to get bad. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to have heartache. It's going to be hard to be loving in an unloving world. It's going to be hard to be trusted and trusting in a world full of deceit. It's going to be hard to be a peacemaker in a world full of war. I struggle with that. You know, many pastors struggle with like finances and women and all these different things. You know, one of my biggest challenges is sometimes not being mean back or talking to you the same way that you talk to me or treating you the same. And I'm not talking about necessarily church members. You know, even with family. My wife and I were talking the other day about one of our family members. And she says, wait, they said what to you? And I was getting ready to send a text that was not so Christian. I was like, you know what? Well, just let it be. Just let them handle it. That's like the hardest thing for me. It's one of my, my, my strongest challenges. When people are mean, how you're not mean back? Because you know what? Ghetto begets ghetto. And, and so, you know, and, 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 and mean begets mean. And, and, and evil begets evil. And, and so that makes it very difficult to just, here's the other cheek. Go ahead. Just do it. Because Jesus said all that silly stuff about, you know, turn the other cheek. It's a struggle. But don't let your hearts be hardened. Do not become bitter. Do not become untrusting. Do not become unloving. Let the love of Christ work in your heart. 
Don't be discouraged. When somebody attacks you, find a way to say, this is just for a little while. Go ahead and endure. It is okay. Because understand this, the devil knows what your vice is, what your struggle is, and that's he will hit you. If it's money, he'll have money flaunted in front. If it's woman, everybody, even if you're ugly, you know, everybody's going to come at you, you know, like, mm, yeah, right? Because the devil, and if it is to get offended, guess what? Everybody you come into a church, they're going to say the wrong thing in the wrong way or give you the wrong look. They may not even be looking at you, and you think they're looking at you. They may be just daydreaming, like, you know, and you're like this, huh? and now you leave, and you decide not to come back to church anymore because they looked at you the wrong way. Stop. It's going to get ugly, and this is where we just simply rejoice, smile and nod, and hold on to the promises of God. Do not be discouraged. Do not let the world discourage you. 1 Peter 1.13, last text for today. It says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the glorious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, what a different world would this be if we lived with a heaven's mentality. What a different world would be if we live as though salvation was already ours and we were holding on to the living hope, which is Christ Jesus, and live our lives every day like your children, like children of the King. Father God, today in a moment... We're going to get a chance to partake of communion. First, the ordinance of humility, and then communion. Let us all have a chance to recommit to you, to repent from all of our sins, our failures, our shortcomings, and to start living our lives as individuals who are children of the King, full of self-control, not getting all discouraged, but looking forward to your glorious appearing. Come into our hearts, come into our lives. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We claim the victory and we look forward in hope to that salvation, that assurance of salvation. Not because of us, but because of Christ Jesus. Bless us and keep us. This is my prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let everyone here say, Amen.